Blog Talk Radio.
uh, Blog Talk Radio, where we are Facebook Living, and we're doing www. Smile3E, Iron Sharpening Iron, um, on the air at the same time on this Monday. I am one of the three hosts, three of us, on this Monday night service. So you could say 33 and a third, three, three times. Myself, Minister Sylvia Kaiser, along with Minister Ron. Montgomery and his lovely wife, Evangelist Mother Tony Montgomery. Um, I just want to say, you could call Mother Tony, Mother Tony, Missionary Tony, uh, Mama Tony, Evangelist Tony. You you could call her whatever you want to call her. You could call Ron, Uncle Ron, Minister Ron, Elder Ron. You could call her whatever you want. But one thing I want to tell you, you definitely can call him, is the man and woman of God. And as we go on tonight with our night of family, God's way, God's will, I am going to share this platform with this man and woman of God so that we can be blessed on the night. So please get your Bibles, books, pens, and papers together so that you can receive this man and woman of God. And let them enlighten you, let them feed you, and let them tell you how being saved is fun. Not just fun as being when you're single, but in, in, a, in a relationship with a spouse, being saved is fun. So if you're looking at this live in a, or on the replay, or you're listening live on Blog Talk or in the archive, let this program bless you tonight on this September 25th, 2023. Are you guys ready, man and woman of God? Are you guys ready? Good evening, Mr. Kaiser. How are you doing? I'm doing okay yourself. How are you? We are well. Tell them we are well, Tony. We, we are well. Y'all know he's a little crazy. Yeah. We, we are well. Uh, we're thankful to be here tonight, and, and, and we are going to... Uh, Delve uh, into the Word of God around the concept that um, the Lord has placed on my heart. So we're just going to talk about that uh, tonight. We're going to talk about unforgiveness. Oh. And so uh, we're going to talk about unforgiveness. And... Uh, and to talk about uh, how unforgiveness uh, is a reason that we as a body of Christ struggle struggle with uh, healing and, and many other a- aspects of our life. But, so we might not be here too long because uh, the and we'll see what the Lord says. We're going to see how the Lord works this out. Because, uh, you know, it's been a struggle. So I'm going to see what it says about it. What we okay? Okay. As we work. So let's start with the word of prayer. You going to pray, Pastor? Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, with humble hearts, loud hands. 
to thank you. Thank you, O Lord, for being here in the assembly of, of saints, in the assembly of those who want to hear your word, or at least what it is that you have to say about it, O Lord. We pray that you will guide our hearts and spirits and our tongues and what we speak tonight, that they are perceived and understood to be the word of God. Lord, we ask that you bless all those who listen. We ask that you bless them with your spirit of understanding. These things we ask. And we give thanks for in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good evening, everybody. And we're so happy to be here. We're going to talk about a subject. You know, they say that you go to church, uh, <clears throat> not to feel good, you know, all the time. There are ministries that are dedicated specifically for the purpose of just making you feel good and uh, not necessarily uh, giving you your assignments. So, but that's like going to the hospital and not expecting to get well. They sit up there and enjoy laying up in your adjustable bed, having people come away on your hand and foot, but not uh, with no intention of getting well. So uh, we have to approach some of the uncomfortable situations in life so that we know that by confronting them, that the healing of them will take place. So unforgiveness is an interesting subject to explore. And Mr. Tony is going to explore it for us tonight. Tony? Praise God. So as I started to really look into and study uh, this about unforgiveness. I call it that it's a secret issue of the heart. It is not something we deal with very well. And uh, I thought I had forgiven uh, a relative for something that they had done to me when I was very young. But uh, whenever this person's name was mentioned, uh, I would feel, you know, a little anger or a little resentment. I managed to carry this hurt through my childhood and then through my adulthood until I got to a vacation Bible school event one year. Bruce Wilkerson, well-known author, conducted our vacation Bible school this summer, and he taught us about unforgiveness. And I thought I had mastered this issue of forgiveness, but he took us through scripture, and at the close of Vacation Bible School, so I won't get through all of what we went through, just a portion of it. He really helped us release the people we had not forgiven. So we could be free to experience the freedom from that guilt, from the shame, from the fear, from the private bondage that we had been captured, that we had been dealing with, the torment that we had been through. And so uh, I really, as, as I studied, I realized that this, that, that we want to really share one of the biggest obstacles that are in marriages, in families, in churches, in relationships, in organizations, is this 
whole inability to forgive. Unforgiveness is at the core of what many things that we are suffering. So um, Bruce Wilkinson, he really shared with us about a trip that he was on. He was on a, he's a teacher, he was teaching. And on this uh, cruise, uh, there was, uh, they had to have a doctor, so they asked, they brought in a doctor from Australia. And uh, when she got there, she realized that she was with a bunch of Bible people, and she was like, this is not what I want to do. And uh, she was uh, quite bitter about church and about God and about everything. And she uh, continues to struggle while she was uh, with uh, on the ship that first day, and uh, uh, she she wanted uh, she wanted to uh, challenge Bruce Wilkerson and all the Christians on the ship. And as she did that, um, people kept looking, and she was asking hard questions about salvation and about God. How could he, you know, let people suffer? And she was really upset and angry. And uh, people kept looking at Bruce Wilkerson since he was the leader and thought that he would address some of her issues, and he didn't. He just kept on eating while she was, you know, having all these difficulties. And anyway, eventually uh, he did address her, and she wanted to know what, uh, uh, why don't you deal with some of these issues I'm talking about? And he says, I think the biggest issue that you have is that you can't believe God. And she said, what do you mean I can't believe God? He said, you can't believe God. And and he said, well, then go ahead and believe. Believe God then. And she looked at him and she said, I can't believe God. And he asked her this one question, so I want you to ponder this question. Who has hurt you the most? I want you to think about that. Because a lot of times we stuff when people have hurt us. We don't deal with it. And we move forward. And this young lady said, what do you mean? Who hurt me the most? I, I'm not going to talk about You can't talk about my mother. I'm, I can't talk about my mother. I, I'm not going to talk about my mother. And Bruce Wilkinson said, fine, don't talk about your mother. But as soon as you're ready to talk about her, I'm here to help you. (laughs) And so I want you to think about who's hurt you, because when he said that to us the first time, I was like, who's hurt me the most? And so this young lady eventually struggled with that her mother hurt her the most. And he asked her to write down all of the things that her mother had hurt her, had ways that her mother had hurt her. And basically, she said, well, it would take a book. I, there's not enough paper because my mother hurt me so badly. And, and he said, no, it will probably take a couple of sheets, but not, not a book. And he left her to 
Jesus said, but it's up to you. It's a choice. You can write those things down. You don't have to. Uh, I'm going to go over here and eat. He's always talking about eating. <clears throat> but uh, this young lady, um, he didn't see her the next day on the ship. And then he did run into her, and the next time he did, she was uh, all upset. She had been crying, and she had the pad that he had given her, and she had about three pages of things that her mother he had done to her. And she was very abusive. Her mother drank. She beat her. There a lot of things that she had to deal with. And he basically said, once you can release your mother from all of this, then you'll be in a better place. And she struggled. And she cried all that next night. And she was dealing with all of that forgiveness, unforgiveness, and she carried this unforgiveness. So I want you to think about who hurt you the most and what kinds of things did they do to you that you've not been able to forgive? And so once this young lady dealt with that, and, you know, it, it, you know, it sounds like it happened overnight, but for basically it did. When she got to the place where she could put with all of the trauma that her mother had done, she had, and let it go, she actually got to a place where she could really forgive and let go of the of all the hurt that she experienced from her mother. And when she did that, then she was in a place where she could accept Christ in her life, and she became a born Christian during this uh, And it was all about this unforgiveness. So what does Jesus, what does Jesus say about forgiveness? Unforgiveness is probably the root of, of things that really uh, keep us from moving forward in our life. It, it's a reflection of sometimes of what happens in our finances, in our relationships, in uh, I'm going to even say the the um, the clutter in our homes uh, when we look at people who are hoarding, much of that is tied to unforgiveness. It is rooted in unforgiveness. Mm. So what does Jesus say about unforgiveness? Ron, would you read in Matthew 6 and 14 for me? And uh, these are the words of Christ. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. And so, how many times do we need to forgive someone who has trans, who has, has, has hurt us? So let's look at Matthew 18 and 22. How many times 
what 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 would God what does God the Father teaches us? So Peter asked the question, Jesus, how often is it necessary to forgive? What did he say? Starting at the twenty second verse in the eighteenth chapter of Matthew, Jesus answered Peter mm-hmm. by saying I do not say to you up to seven times, because that's what Peter asked him. He said, then Peter said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said unto him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. Wait a minute before you keep going. Mm-hmm. Did Jesus really want him to just forgive a number? Or did he really, is he talking about something bigger than just the number? So God is not looking for forgiveness and say, okay, I can Bean count, and every time somebody forgives me, once I get to that number, then I don't have to forgive them anymore. Is that what he's saying? So read on about, because what God didn't, what Jesus didn't do is to give him an answer. He gave him a parable, gave him a way to start to consider what what heaven, how heaven deals with earthly issues. Read on. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him $10,000, I'm sorry, 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children, all that he had, that repayment to be made. So the slave fell over the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, have patience with me. And I will pay. I will repay you everything. The Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. Okay, so hold on, right there. So how did the king deal with the man that owed him? How did he deal with him? He was going to. Um, Charged the man for what he owed. But he knew that man couldn't pay him that money because if he had, he could have. But he didn't. And he begged him. He pleaded with him. And the man showed what? He showed some compassion. He, he showed compassion. Because he knew the man couldn't forgive the debt. So he showed compassion. Couldn't pay the debt. He could not pay the debt. So. The kingdom of heaven dealt with his earthly issue by showing compassion. All right. Keep going. Keep going. The um, 18th chapter, starting the 27th verse, continuing, I should say, at the 27th verse. And the Lord said of that slave, felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. Wait a minute. So wait a minute. He just didn't. He did two things. He released him first, 
and then he forgave him. So he, so the kingdom of heaven, the way that Jesus was giving his this example, he was saying that he was going, he released this man who, who owed a great debt that he could not pay, and then he forgave the debt. Well, what happens after this man is um, is forgiven? So now Jesus is teaching to believers. He's really. Mm-hmm. And so what happens? What, what happens? Just as a footnote, we have to look at the positions of the people in the parable. Uh-huh. You have the the Lord, the boss, the king. Uh-huh. Uh, and you have his slaves or his servants. Uh-huh. Right. And he's dealing with them. And this man owed the king uh-huh. 10,000 talents. Right. And the, it, it was payable on payable upon demand. On demand. Oh. And he uh, demanded it. The man couldn't pay him. Uh-huh. So he said, well, I'll just sell you and the family and the slave and uh, make money off of it. But the thing is, what did the man do? What did the man do? What did the man do after he was given such a great sentence? He was a sentence was placed upon him, right? So that he would have to be sold into slavery in his family. Mm-hmm. But the man's response was, "Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything." Isn't that like offering prayer? Isn't that like asking for forgiveness? Isn't that like going before the Lord and pleading your case? Mm-hmm. Because the king already made the decision. Right. But the man pleaded his case. He pleaded his case. And? And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. Mm-hmm. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. Mm, not yeah. much, just a. Yeah, we're comparing dollars to pennies. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handing him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same for you mm-hmm. if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Ooh. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did he say? He called him what? He said that unforgiveness... He was wicked. Did he call him wicked? Mm-hmm. That's what he called him. He called him a wicked slave. Mm. Yeah. So when we don't forgive, we're wicked. 
The king delivered him over to, he didn't put him in jail. I want you to notice what happens now. The king delivered him to the, what, the torturers. The torturers. And how long was he going to be with these torturers? Until he paid the entire debt. So Jesus shows us how heaven deals with our earthly situation when we don't forgive. God is teaching to believers. My father will do the same to you mm, who does not forgive his brother's trespasses. Ooh, y'all. He delivered him to the torturers. I want you to think about that. That's awesome. That's that. And he and he's going to do that until he forgives that he until he repays. That's like having your check garnished. Mm, garnished. 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 <laughs> so God is not going to put us in prison when we don't forgive our brothers. What he's going to do is he's going to turn us over to the torturer until we forgive that person every single thing they did to hurt us. Now, y'all, I want you to hear what I just said. The reason that we're struggling in our marriages is because we will not forgive. We hold on to that hurt as though we deserve it. While we're having stripes in our families and in our churches. So, the reason is because we're following our feelings. Uh, that feeling of hurt, the feeling of betrayal, if you will, the feeling of not wanting to forgive. Uh, but when we examine it scripturally, here it is right here. In the Bible, what you should do, you should forgive. That's 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 the example that was set by Christ, the supreme example. You have to remember something. Mm-hmm. I heard Pastor talk about this the other day. Your feelings have no intellect. Mm-hmm. Your feelings are exactly that. That's how you feel. There's nothing intelligent about it. But now the feelings are real. The way you deal with your feelings is you find confirmation or denial of those feelings. Here is a denial of the truth, right here, because you shouldn't feel that way. For one thing, it's poisoning the person that is not doing the forgiveness, forgiveness, because he deals with that every day, that grudge, that feeling of betrayal, that uh, wanting to get even when he should be concentrating on wanting to get ahead. But he's trapped in that unforgiven mode. And that's where they say it has no intellect. It's just that. It's a feeling. When we subject it to the intellect of the scripture, and we see that we learn the lesson of forgiveness. And it's not easy. But it wasn't meant to be easy. But you do practice. You practice the things of forgiveness. You speak kindly to that person. You remove that debt. 
And you remove that that thing that they did to you from your memory. And you subject it to what the scripture says. Uh, and the the intellect, if you will, of the scripture. And if you do that and you practice forgiveness, sooner or later your walk, your feelings will catch up with your walk. Yes, so Jesus really clearly says that this is what his father will do in heaven. So it's not something that will um, be easily um, addressed if you don't address it. That makes sense. Uh, So if you're hurt by one person and you hold on to that hurt, then you get into a situation with another person and you hold on to that hurt. What kind of torture are you really experiencing? Because God is turning you over to the torturer. He's not sending you to prison. At this point, now, you are dealing with all of this hurt. And it could be in different ways. So, I, I want to share with you some of what Bruce Wilkinson said that he really wants these are the principles that he teaches about unforgiveness and what God expects from us as Christians. Uh, he, 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 he says one of the things that he wants us to remember is that God desires that everyone forgives everybody for everything. And I'm going to say that again. God desires that everyone forgives every person for everything. Okay. So that's for somebody that's listening that's holding on to some hurt that they will not forgive people for. God desires that you forgive every person for everything so you're not turned over to the torture. God describes people who don't forgive as being wicked. Mm-hmm. So I want you to think there's some people sitting in our churches who are wicked because they will not forgive. They're holding on to it. God delivers everyone who chooses not to forgive to the torturers. All right. Y'all, it's a choice. It's a choice not to forgive. And so you choose to forgive. So to understand that God is not torturous, he delivers to the torturers. He does not want to deliver us to the torturers. It grieves God when we don't forgive. Yeah. Think about the scriptures. Uh, the model prayer. He says, forgive those who have trespassed against us. He, he, he constantly reminds us that when we forgive, then that puts us in a position of compassion and care. And it doesn't say that it doesn't hurt when it's happened to us. But what we do is we put God in a position to deal with them. But he can't deal with us because now he had to deliver us to the torturers because we won't forgive. There are some uh, there are some exceptions when it comes to dealing with um, forgiveness, 
and uh, and we go through this. God has a season. Of, um, Bruce Wilkinson talks about a season of grace. He said that God gives us time to deal with those traumatic situations, and we don't know how long that takes. God is gracious. He knows our motives. He knows our hearts, right? So he gives us room to forgive those people. But after a while, he's going to come knocking at the door and say, hey, 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 hey. Now it's time for you to forgive. So there's a period. There's a season of faith. Then there's also a season of childhood. And this is reflective of what I went through in the sense that we experience lots of hurts that we don't have control over as children. So it's a season when we are innocent and that God will not judge us at that time while we are dealing with that hurt, that those adults, that sense of unforgiveness. But even then, God will come along and convict us as adults when we're ready so he, so we have the opportunity to forgive that hurt, so we won't carry it for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. He wants us to address it, so he does not have to turn us over to the torturers. God wants us to have that same compassion. God, and I want, and he, and and what uh, Bruce Wilkinson talked about. In uh, one of his principles, he said, his fourth principle says that God is not abusive, but he has little tolerance for the sin of unforgiveness. Mm. Unforgiveness is a sin, y'all. And if we don't deal with it, then we put God in a position where he has to deal with us. So that uh, there's the Greek word that is uh, that means torturer is it's spelled B A Z A N I Z O and the Greek word you can find it in different scriptures in the Bible and so one scripture uh, Ron would you read for me Matthew eight five and six. Matthew 8, 5, and 6. But then I'll mess it up. But, uh, uh, starting with verse 5. Uh-huh, 5 and 6, uh-huh. 8, uh, chapter 8, verse 5. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy of you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say that this one go, and he goes. The other one comes, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Continue? Yeah, that's good. And so here, when we find the same word torture that is mentioned in uh, Matthew, it is physical torture. It's talking about a physical manifestation. 
So many times when we don't forgive, we put ourselves in a position where we're physically struggling. We are suffering. And this suffering is is very difficult because because God has turned us over to the torturers. So we can ask people to fast to pray for us and nothing happens. Our our sickness remains. And then we get to a place where we will ask God to reveal what is keeping us from being healed. And he will let us know that this sickness, this physical illness is because of unforgiveness. And when we forgive that person, what happens? We're healed. It's a miracle. It's a miracle because we let go of that person. We release that person and let them go. The torturers, the this this is the issue about unforgiveness. The torturers will apply the discipline until the forgiveness is fully granted. And so that's why we think about we think it's something like that we have control over, but it is that spiritual realm that we're dealing with. The the other principle that he talked about was to the fear of torturers is Christ's reason to forgive without limits. He does not want us to be tortured. So he wants us to forgive and that we could keep con- con- forgiving people, forgiving people. So God can then deal with the people, but it frees us up to receive from the Lord that compassion, that love. Like the king showed the man when he fell down and he and pleaded with him. God wants that for us. I want you to think about uh, what happens physically if I fell down and cut my leg. If I fell down and cut my leg and I went to the doctor and I asked the doctor to clean it up, the doctor would clean it up and he might even stitch it up, but the doctor can't heal it, right? Because God created our body to heal itself. And if we do the right thing, it will heal itself. But what would happen if I fell down and there was some dirt left in that that wound? And he stitched it up. It would do what? Get infected. It would get infected. And then that would... Eventually, if it was never dealt with, it would contaminate my body and it could kill me. Kill. If it's not kill. ever addressed, yeah. it could. I want you to. That's right, It would set up infection because that little dirt that was in there set up infection and it and it just and it could destroy my whole body if I don't get it addressed. If I don't get it addressed. I want you to think about unforgiveness in that same light. Unforgiveness, though, is not something physical. It's in our heart. And if we don't deal with some of those things in our heart, it continues to fester, and it is destroying our 
spirit man and our physical man. So I want you to think about tonight how we can apply what we need to do to really look to those things that we're struggling with, that forgiveness, and give it to the Lord so he can release us from these things that are keeping us from really receiving the compassion and grace from our God. That's it, that's it. And so forgiveness is one of the things that keeps marriages from being whole. It keeps relationships from uh, really uh, being uh, joyful. It keeps churches from being moving forward. It keeps God from being able to heal our situation. It is in your hands. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Go ahead. As as you can see, as discussed this evening, unforgiveness is something that you do to yourself. Mm, yeah. It doesn't affect the other person. Mm. You awesome. see that uh, you can have emotional trauma mm-hmm. to yourself. Mm-hmm. You can even worry yourself to death about how you're not going to forgive this person. As I said before, you're too busy trying to get even instead of concentrating on getting ahead. And because you're trying to justify this unforgiving spirit. So it's like they say, unforgiveness is like taking poison, expecting the other one to die. Mm. Yes, there was a statistic here that 92% of the people who are in mental institutions are there because of unforgiveness. Mm. And if they would forgive that person that they're holding that grudge against, they would be healed in a Thank you, thank you. I am so excited about the word on tonight of unforgiveness because a lot of times people don't understand one little word can do so much damage. I think mm-hmm. on tonight that the unforgiveness is it's a it's a form of poison. Yes. Which people don't you know, they, they don't know that, that even in the natural, when they don't want you to touch poison, they put a skeleton head on it to scare you away. People got to understand that a skeleton head is on the word of unforgiveness. Because as I was listening and I was, as I was listening and also meditating on the word of unforgiveness, I thought about how when you don't listen to the, the warning that was put out on tonight when when you said God wants God desires for us to forgive everybody but yet mm-hmm. we're standing up saying God I repented and asked you to forgive me mm-hmm. I want you to grant me forgiveness but mm-hmm. I don't want to be granted forgiveness to anyone else. Ain't that something like mm-hmm. like that you know, uh-huh. A lot of times we don't look at it like that, where forgiveness and repentance go two ways, first natural as well as spiritual. Come on, sister. 
we, you know, I, I thank God for what is going on. Why family, family members, we can't straighten it out. We won't work it out. But then we'll show up at the service. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. We'll show up at the service with the shoulders, the couldas, the wooders. I was about to. I was going to. I wish I had to. Now you can't. Now you want to stand up there and, and, and tell him or her what you feel, what you think. When they can't hear you. Because now I mean, you can't hear you either. You just started with me mm-hmm. to get up and let everybody see your suit or your outfit, your dress. <laughs> I hate to put it like that, but it's the truth. When we start recognizing the word that we've been taught on, there was one word that covered so much. It covered life, death, health, and it covered riches all in one. Mm, mm, mm. We don't want to pay our vow, whether it was to God or to our bill collector or to the person we borrowed from, but we want everything paid back to us, and it was nothing but a couple of dollars. Mm. And we owe hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm. Let, let's be real. Let's be real. I thank you for the word on tonight, real word, Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, Matthew 8. Verses 5 and 9 Matthew 18 Verses 21 through 35 I thank God for the word On tonight because If you need to go back And read it Or go back and listen to the uh, Archive feed player Go back and listen to it on Facebook live Go back And hear what God is saying to the body Forgive You're asking me for forgiveness But you haven't got it to give to no one, and yet you wonder why you can't hear me say nothing. <laughs> you know, when they, we be saying, God, I can't hear you. You ain't saying nothing. You asking me for something, you ain't prepared to give. So I thank God for you all tonight. I really are in such an awe as how you always bring the word to give freedom give deliverance and give life to us as members in the body of Christ where we don't always look at the the corn that has two sides, a top and a bottom, a head or a tail, however you want to say it. We don't look at it like that. We only look at it one way. Mm-hmm. But we have to. We have to take the whole row. We have to eat the whole row. We have to see the word from both sides. You are the lines are open. If anybody would like to Okay, make a comment on tonight about the word, please do so. And those that's on Facebook, if you're looking in, please write something down. I'll let the man and woman of God know what you said. Please do so at this time. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. This was Carmita uh, from Las Vegas. Good evening, ministers, apostles. Uh, as always, this was uh, excellent. This was excellent, especially that analogy of the uh, falling down and cutting your legs. The doctor will stitch it up for you, but God has put that healing process within you. But then what if some dirt gets in the wound, it festers, and and, uh, on and on. Forgiveness reveals God's heart. And spiritually strong individuals can forgive easily. Because if you can't forgive, what makes you think God will forgive you? 
because unforgiveness is actually a sin. So this was beautiful. This was wonderful. Yeah. I thank you for bringing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Minister Mar- Carmita. Is there anyone else at this time? Um, this is Cecilia. I just want to take this moment to share a transparent moment in my life. Um, one of the struggles that I've had to uh, deal with forgiveness on has been, you know, the various sexisms and other isms that I've dealt with for work. So it was all from childhood, but I didn't realize that the racism that I was dealing with was uh, it started at a young age because of inter racial discrimination and intra racial discrimination. And so being light skinned, I dealt with having to fight people just because they said I was too light or um, the various things that I dealt with where Minister Sylvia at the time uh, was my protector. So she was going around beating up everybody that was messing with me because I was light skinned. But I didn't realize that once I started working in the government, that the racial um, racism that I was dealing with was going to cause me to have uh, bad feelings against people that would uh, attack me that looked like me. Because, see, I grew up dealing with it, but I thought once I joined the military and once I started working um, in the federal government, it would go away. But then when it came back, I found myself getting angry every time someone looked like me was discriminating against me or doing the things that they did. And then what blessed me was when God reminded me that the same way he used Sylvia uh, Kaiser and my mother and others to protect me, that he would protect me again in the government. And so although they tried to block promotions, although they tried to promote people before me, God still elevated me to the top of the grade. And I knew I could only give him honor for it, but I actually expected people that look look like me to be fair to me. So then what I did was I made it a mission to elevate everybody based off of their talent, based off of what their position descriptions made. Even when they would do me wrong, God would never allow me to do them wrong. But it took me a process to get there because there were times when I was doing right by them, but I was still angry. But then when God started showing me, every time they do you wrong, love them. Every time they do you wrong, you know, do something uh, for them. And then I started noticing how they were changing, how they were uh, working with me. I knew I had to give God all the glory. And so then to get to the end of it, we're going to Texas a few weeks ago, and a uh, person, uh, well, it was a white person, obviously. The white person, she pushed me, and she pushed me so hard till I started falling back. And instead of acknowledging her pushing me because I knew it was grounded in racism, I turned around and complimented the white person standing behind me that caught me and prevented me from falling. 
And then when I was coming home, the same thing happened. Uh, a white guy pushed me again with his book bag, and I saw a dark-skinned uh, black girl looking at me, and I knew she was watching me, and I had on a T-shirt that said, God got me. So then I automatically I just said to him, I said, can you just uh, give me your patience, sir? I said, could you just wait for me to finish what I'm doing? And he just kept going off on me. And I was just like, okay. And then when I finished, I said, okay, thank you, sir, for being so patient with me. And I told his wife, thank you. Then we got on the airplane, and the white lady was not letting the dark-skinned black girl sit next to her. So then she asked me if she could sit next to me. And I said, yes, she can. And she kept looking back at the lady like she wanted to fight her, but then she kept looking at me. And I think she kept saying, but she didn't react. And so then she calmed herself down, and she spoke to me, and we both, you know, just kind of loved on each other and were friendly with each other. And she forgot all about how mean the white lady sitting behind us was who wouldn't let her sit behind her. And so I said on the letter too that you never know the things that God's going to do to prepare you for the person that you were sent for, because I think I was sent for the girl that was uh, sent next to me. I think all of that prepared me just for this young girl, and I showed her my great niece's picture, and I said, don't you look like her? She said, yeah, I do, and she just started giggling, and she was so happy that she looked like Shonda. But it took all of the things that God allowed me to experience so that her and I didn't sit there and go back and forth about what racism we had just experienced. We just ignored it and basically uh, deflated what the enemy wanted to inflate. So thank you. Mm. Is there anyone else? Okay, let me, let me read what missionary Linda Handy wrote on Facebook. Thank God for missionary Montgomery. She said it well. We know we haven't forgiven when we see the person of I'm sorry, we see the person or if they're mentioned in their presence is old feelings of hatred, anger, or even disgust arise in our heart. It rails. We haven't forgiven or we haven't forgotten or forgiven about shouting and speaking in tongues. Go back and do your first works over. Mm. Amen. 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 Because I just was saying that also when we sit back and we say, Lord, forgive me of all of my sins. Mm. Lord, forgive me of all of my sins. But I think I, I, I hear missionary, I'm, I'm sorry, I hear possibly like Cecilia Kaiser said this all the time. We ask God to forgive us of certain things that we consider that need to be forgiven, but other things are mm-hmm. We feel mm-hmm. like, oh, that's just a part of me, and God knows my heart. But everybody forgets the part of the word that says, no good thing dwelleth in the heart of man. Come on. So when you say God knows your heart, okay, what are you saying? Uh-huh. He knows your heart. God knows your heart, but do you know God's word? No good thing dwelleth in the heart of man. So if you go back, 
it goes back to the beginning. Because Adam didn't understand God could have gave him another event to the Eve. He did the same <laughs> game. <laughs> and then one, he didn't want he didn't want to take on to ask God for forgiveness for that. He said, "The woman you gave me." But that's, that's another story now. That's another mm. story. Calm down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's part. Of, it's part of forgiveness tonight. <laughs> we, we, we just want to say that forgiveness is is a disease. It's no take two pills in the morning and let the doctor know how you feel. It's none of that. It's it's go to the altar and ask God to teach you how to forgive. Apostle Elect put that on Facebook for our, for our family. We have to yeah. ask God to teach us how to forgive one another. Because if we keep right. walking in the place of where we're walking at, we're going to be asking other questions later on. Why is it that this is a continuum? Why is it that this has stopped? We have to get to the point that we have to say to say to one another, I apologize. You did this. You did that. I thank God for our cousin Jim Harris at yeah. uh, two final reunions ago. He brought back something I did to him when we were children. That boy had been carrying that for over 50 years of something I did, and I said to him, it had rubbed him the wrong way. And when he got a chance to see me again, he mentioned it, and I immediately asked him to forgive me. And once I did, God allowed me to feel the pain and the shame that he had been carrying, and I could not stop crying. And to this day, I still cry when I think about that I hurt somebody that carried that for over 50 years. So when we walk around unforgiveness and, and don't give people, un, we don't forgive people, you don't know how we are affecting someone's life and their life. Well, they, they, it may have caused them their marriage, as you were saying, a missionary. It may have caused them their marriage because of the pain. Yeah. Oh, my. See, I'm not going to sit here like my hands is, I've been using a lot of soap on my hands. I have to residue. I hurt somebody yeah. that walked with that thing for 50 years. And you all are my family. You know at the family reunion, I stood up in front of the family and said it. Since I embarrassed mm-hmm. him in front of the family, he said as children, I'm going to apologize mm-hmm. to you in front of the family. Mm-hmm. As adults. Yeah. And we, like, we just... People, we got to get into the place of allowing God to clean us 100%. But at the same time, we got to get in the place of giving 100% forgiveness. Mm, So I'm going to ask again before we give the closing remarks, is there anyone else that would like to speak or say something on tonight? Because tonight was truly a life-giving message. Mm -hmm. The lines are open. Okay, well, we thank God for those that that watched on Facebook. We thank God for those that listen in on blog talk that wanted to say something but didn't. We're not going to blame you. Not, we're not going to hold it against you because we know you're talking with God right now. We want to thank you for those that did communicate with us. I want to say to you all 
this was true, 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 truly a message that was greatly needed. And I thank God that mm-hmm. it's put Amen. out here where it can go back and visit this message again. Or you could play it for someone or share it with somebody. Please, somebody needs to hear this because they may not even recognize or realize they're walking in unforgiveness or living in unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. I thank right. God for this Monday night service at 8 p.m. Uh, we went over a little bit, but, you know, we, we, we cannot put a, a God in a box on a time limit. We're, his timing is not our timing. We have to do what God told us to do, and I thank God for tonight's lesson. When you get a chance to hear a word like this, you must cherish that word because that is some treasure nuggets that God give, gave us on tonight. So if you come back next Monday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you will hear our, it's our sixth, that's the fifth Monday next week, isn't it? No, well, uh, it's October. It's October, okay. No, October. Okay, I'm so excited about who we're going to have on the fifth Monday. Y'all going to be surprised. I already know who it's going to be, but y'all going to be surprised who's going to be on the fifth Monday for October. But next Monday will be the first Monday of October. That's my birthday month, and I ain't ashamed to say it, and I thank God. I'm I'll, I'm going to live to be 63 this year, and I thank God for that. You know, I'm going to say it with a smile because I got some friends that didn't make it. I got some family members that didn't make it to that age. I thank God for that. The doctor told me I wasn't going to make it, but I thank God for that. Hey. Um, I thank God for that. They told me in 2006 I wasn't going to make it. Then they told me in 2010 I wasn't going to make it. Then they told me in 2012 I wasn't going to make it. But I said, Lord, I thank you for letting me make it. I thank God for being able to say 63. A lot of people don't want to say it. You know, I, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy much. So mm-hmm. next Monday we will have Dr. Serena Wright as our speaker for the first Monday of October. If yes. you come back... This Wednesday at 4 p.m., you can talk to me. Um, or I'll do a little uh, Wisdom Wednesday on uh, Facebook from 4 p.m. to about 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you come back next Friday, you will hear me share with you all what God has put on my heart to share mm-hmm. with you all at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you come back on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can hear from our very own apostle-elect, Dr. Cecilia Kaiser, and we are just excited about that. This is the foundation scripture that this ministry, Smile 3E, Iron Shopping Iron, stands on. This worldwide web blog talk and Facebook postings and service. Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I'm going to turn it back over to the man and woman of God for our closing prayers and their closing remarks. Thank God for the word of tonight of unforgiveness. It's back in your hands. Well, we thank you, God, for all that you have given us this evening, for the words of wisdom, for the examples, Lord, of how you have made a way for us, Lord, to be able to 
get the riches of the kingdom when we actually follow your word. When we forgive as you have forgiven us, we get to eat from the we get to reap from the good of the land. So God, we just ask that you bless all that have heard this word, that they embrace it, God, that they might be free from the torturers, that they might be able to receive your compassion and your love and your grace. We thank you for this ministry, Lord God, and and, and for those that lead this ministry, Lord, that you have just given them such a a rich inheritance of the of, of of your grace and your love. We ask God that you just continue to pour into this ministry that it might God go out to heal those that need healing, that it will uh, meet the needs of those Lord that are uh, in in want. We ask God that you just continue to teach those that desire to know you. Lord, we just ask that you just continue to have your way. Bless those that are ill. We ask that you undertake for Minister Troy and that you bless Minister Margo, Lord God, as they totally recover, that they might be able to come back and give to this ministry a testimony of your goodness and grace. We just thank you for what you continue to do. Bless uh, Apostle um, Sylvia. We ask that you bless uh, Cecilia, uh, Minister Cecilia, I get the names mixed up. We just ask God that you just continue to have your way in their lives. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen and amen. 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 And Mother Tony, amen. like our daddy used yes. to tell us, we know, we know what you mean. We call the name. We know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.